0: Hey guys, I know you clicked on this episode because of the crazy title. My university actually paid me to attend in a few different ways, and I have three ways to tell you about the story of how that happened and how yours might also do the same, but you might have to dig a little, so let's get going. Hey girl, welcome to Money and Mental Peace, a podcast for Christian college girls wanting to graduate debt-free you procrastinate on homework while googling easy scholarships and money for college because you're drowning in debt and student loans. Afraid you'll never have enough time and motivation to find ways to pay for college when you don't even have enough time to sleep or have a social life? I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student and overachiever looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college and I wished for a clear direction on how to do it. I wanted an easier way to fund college with less anxiety, but I kept telling myself I had no idea what to do, thought I wasn't finishing school fast enough, and thought I would never have enough money. Until some scholarships and rare school hacks got me through debt-free, and I can show you how to do this as well. In this podcast, you'll find mental peace, answers for your future, and enough money to kill it at college. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and enroll in the most stress-free and debt-free class that you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. Hey, we're back. Yep, this is Money and Mental Peace. Before we get in the story today, for those who have been around a while, you know that I am working on creating and launching an online course. And if anyone's new, I'll tell you a little about it. It is called the Debt-Free College Blueprint. It will include scholarships... Well, helping you find scholarships, strategy, and accountability for college students to graduate debt-free. But it's not just about scholarships; it's a whole mindset shift and other things like other ways that um you can find money at your school or your university might pay you, like I'm talking about today, or just even how to handle your your money, all the things. But uh, in the past, we talked a little bit about module one what will be in module one I'm giving you just a little sneak peek so I am going to mention about module two some of you have heard of the FAFSA that is the federal application for student aid and in module two we are going to talk about that so not only is it ways to pay for college and all the things it's also getting through some of these steps so while I can't like do your FAFSA for you or like um, tell you Uh, the steps of it or what to put in exactly, I can help you to navigate it. We're going to talk about how to gather what you need before you start to fill out the FAFSA, how to navigate the website, how to fill it out, meaning not what to put in each category, but just like advice steps. And um, understand it, complete the forms, what to expect, and how to note that even if you don't qualify for any federal money, uh, you still do need to fill it out And I'll explain why and also give you encouragement that there are many other ways to make money for college, but that is a step. And there are coaches and people out there that help others get through the FAFSA, but I just got to say, I have found nothing out there that has a whole all encompassing course that takes you through many various steps on how to graduate debt free all in one. This is one of a kind, anywhere from getting. The right mindset of this and partnering in god with god in this to doing the fafsa uh, budgeting choosing a school that saves you money how to get free classes cheap textbooks how to look for and find grants and scholarships uh, and one of my favorite modules is module nine um i'm sorry module eight get paid to live your life <laughs> which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today but before i get into that just if you're interested And being one of the first to know when we launch the course, please go ahead and join our Facebook group so that you can get info in there. And it is the Christian College Girl Community-Scholarships-and-Graduate-Debt-Free. That is the Facebook group. I will say it again, Christian College Girl Community-Scholarships-and-Graduate-Debt-Free. And it is also linked in the description show notes below. So, super excited to connect with you guys and ask any questions you have about the upcoming course in there and you'll be notified about it. Okay, so let's get into how the university, my university, paid me to attend in three ways yours might do the same. Wow. First, I want to say I just long to point you guys to God, to talk with Him about how to pay for college, what the next steps are. Really lean into his guidance and even if you feel like you haven't been hearing answers recently or there's pressure to figure it out or you're not sure you want to ask him or you don't know what you're doing, even just a simple heartfelt prayer of please guide me to the best steps to pay for college your way, God, That can just be an open invitation for him to come guide you and help you and I encourage you to do that. But let's get into my story a little bit. So many of you know about how I did graduate from college debt-free and a lot of that is from cash and grants and scholarships and you know just different things but there were kind of some hacks on how I was almost in essence paid to go to my university, okay? So, the first one is probably more common. Um, you might know of this. Basically, you're getting money to go to a certain school, right? And that is through scholarships. So, yes, it can be viewed as this because um, you're, you're going there, you're being drawn. So, I was awarded a certain uh, amount when I transferred from my community college to Eastern Michigan University, based on my GPA. Now, we've talked in the past how GPA is not everything. There is so much that you can get do to get through college debt-free, even just not with the best GPA. But that is a step for some funds when you're first coming in to a school, whether as a freshman or a transfer. And so, I got a GPA amount. I think I had a, like a three point, okay, well, hang, hang on. Me saying this, it might sound like, oh, I'm bragging. I had this amount. But it's me relating to you guys about being an overachiever and trying to handle my mental piece in the span of also getting money for college. So I did have a 3.9 GPA, so I got a pretty good um, scholarship coming in for that. But remember how I've talked in the past that um, getting a crazy high grade to the detriment of your health and sleep is not always worth it. So just take that with a grain of salt and balance out this mindset. But still, you can get some good money from certain GPA um, for a scholarship at your school. But not only that, I also got a transfer scholarship through a an honor society called Phi Theta Kappa from like honor society for community colleges for like two-year colleges. And you might have been like, Kara, I was looking for weird wacky ways to get paid to go to university. Well, hang on, I have some more ideas on that. But the first one is just having good grades and looking at um, honor society connections and transfer scholarships. So that's pretty cool. The next one is, I actually got paid to sit in class and take notes. And you're like, what? Okay, well, hang on. It was minimum wage, right? But even if you're going to be sitting in class anyways and taking notes, or maybe you're not a lot of a note taker, but you're like, you you think you could if you were going to be paid for it, still even minimum wage, you know, per hour that you're sitting in class might as well. That's gas money and how gas prices and food prices are now, you know, that could really help. So basically what it is, is I went and inquired at our disability services, um, uh, department. Not not like getting a degree in disability services, but like services to help students who are disabled in one shape or form and asked about if they needed any note takers. And what it is, is you use special paper that has uh, two pages together. So when you write your notes on one page, um, it records it also to the second page behind it that you can rip off and give to the other student that needs the notes taken for whatever reason, whatever disability service they have that they need help with taking notes. And I would just do that and I took notes anyways in class and then I give give the notes to him and I get paid doing that. Now I could also go to another class that I was not a part of and sit and take notes. And of course if the timing would work or I was an interesting class, you know, I might have wanted to do that but um, to be honest, I'd wanted to just do the class that I was already in because it made it more worth it. But it's your choice. But I was just paid to sit there and take notes. And you might be like, well, that's just a job. I know. But the cool thing was it was a job getting paid to do what I was already going to be doing. So it's like the university paid me to sit there and attend class. So I thought that was pretty cool. And you you could just check a simple email or looking online or going over to uh, disability services or asking how you could become a note taker and what the details are in that and seeing if any classes you're currently taking if they are in need of note takers quick word here can i insert something that's been on my mind in the span of all of this i was explaining how you know just getting paid to sit there when you were already going to be there well for one thing it could maybe help you get better grades which could help you get better scholarships potentially because, you know, sometimes people choose not to go to class. I understand. There were times that I strategically chose to do that when it wasn't worth it over studying for something else. But in general, those students who go to class tend to get better grades and, and be more aware of what's going on. So, for one thing, that could help. But for another thing, like, prices are going up, right? You've seen gas prices going up and different food and I just wanted to insert a little suggestion to you guys. I know that not all of my listeners are in America. It was actually super cool today. I looked up a chartable the website that tracks like where I am on the charts in the world and apparently I was like top 5% in the how to podcast in sri lanka so hello to all you lovely people over there um i only dream of being able to visit your beautiful country and i think that's crazy that i have people listening all over the world but anyone who is here in america and also around the world too for your own governments but i understand more of what's going on here in america is there might continue to be a food shortage What that ties into, there are many factors, I'm sure, but currently, let's see, I think this episode will air next week or so, so it should still be applicable, but currently at least today, um, I don't know if you're aware that there is a blockade, a Russian blockade uh, that could possibly stop Ukrainian farmers from uh, getting and selling their wheat all over the world. So apparently we get, or the whole world, gets about 40% of our wheat from Ukraine and Russia. And um, since Russia invaded Ukraine, you know, there's just stuff affecting that. And even if... So basically, there's a chance for not as much wheat to get all over the world for us to eat, which could raise food prices. Don't worry, I'm applying this back to you guys. (laughs) And... Not only that, I mean, you might be like, I don't really eat wheat or bread that much, but that's also feed for animals, which um, could be meat, could fertilize vegetables, could all the things. And I'm not telling you all this to scare you. What I'm telling you, and it does apply to you guys, is this coming fall are midterm elections, and I really want to encourage you guys to vote. You're probably like, I didn't come for this conversation. We're talking about money. Don't worry. I'll get back to it. But... I think we need to know how the wide world also applies to our specific lives. And since I don't know who's running in your state, and I'm not telling you who to vote for, but I'm imploring you to know that whoever's leading in your counties, in your states, and also then in Congress, um, can affect what will be done on the world stage. Whether sanctions on Russia to stop them from doing this, um how to regulate food and and honestly just whether keeping capitalism or bringing in more socialism into the world all the things is impacted from your voice your vote like how inspiring not only being able to maybe get through college debt free but what if there's not too much of a world left when you're done i'm not talking about apocalypse and nuclear war i mean we never know what happens tomorrow but i even just mean You graduate debt-free, but then you can't afford food after college? Like, that wouldn't be helpful. So all I am doing right now while we're talking about paying for things and earning money, you know, while you sit in class and whatever, voting does not cost anything. It is an amazing right of the free world Um, or privilege. It's, It's not necessarily right, it's a privilege. And so I just want to encourage you guys as we get closer to keep thinking about what's going on in your state Well, your city, county, your state, your country, your world, and asking God that you would bring to mind more knowledge on the facts of um, voting and the issues and register to vote and pray about who God would guide you to learn about and vote for. I just want to keep planting that seed in your mind because we want to be following um, God and praying for and voting for godly leaders. And now that doesn't mean everyone who's in power have to be a Christian to lead well. No, although we would like them to be able to be saved and get to heaven, right? But just reminding everyone to vote because that can affect all the way down to food prices, which affects your budget, which affects you being able to graduate debt-free. Did you like that whole segue I went on? I'm just a little passionate about this, so I just want you to consider that and ask God for guidance on that because it would be nice to finish college debt-free, even have money in the bank. I had $10,000 left in my bank that I didn't need to use because I had grants and scholarships so that after college, not only do you have no loans to pay back, but hopefully you're able to not have crazy high gas prices and crazy high food prices. Am I right? Did you like how I segued back into that? Yes, I'm practicing. Um, So, <laughs> let's get back to the real matter at hand. The last one, the last way that your university might pay you to attend. Last one is the Pell Grant. Now, some of you might be getting the Pell Grant or know about it. Um, to get it, you have to qualify uh, through the FAFSA and it's 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 based on uh, financial need, so within if your parents make a certain income or you yourself, and so you might be getting the Pell Grant if you guys are under a certain income level, or it's not only that it could be your parents make a decent income but have like a ton of kids, so then it it doesn't stretch as far, right? I don't know, it depends on the situation, but that is one reason to be filling out your FAFSA. But on another end, you know I've talked about sometimes going through stuff, paying cash, not getting loans, debt-free, it might take you a little longer. In my opinion, that is great because if you graduate debt-free and are able to jump right into life without that holding you back, you're way ahead of people for years. But one other encouragement on why it could pay to wait a little longer, and for those listening who are a bit older, when I turned 24, I was still finishing some schooling because I had taken a gap year and some time to work part-time and, or I mean, work full-time and also to go to school, full-time, part-time, blah, blah, blah. I did a lot of things. So, they started taking into account just my income when I was 24 because I was an independent student. They didn't take into account my parents. Now, I was earning money, but not a ton as I was just still going through college. I mean, I was surviving and living and whatever, right? But basically, they counted my income just my own. And they're like, oh, you're poor. <laughs> um, maybe not poor in regards to the rest of the world, but, you know, for, for the U.S. and for funding for college. So, they gave me the Pell Grant. And since I had already had enough grants and scholarships to apply toward uh, my degree or my uh, semester and my year that year at Eastern Michigan, basically the Pell Grant wasn't really needed, but it was already paid out by the government to the school. So the university just gave me a check. Technically it wasn't an actual check. I think it was a direct deposit, but literally I got money back into my account. And so I was even more literally paid (laughs) to keep going to school because that year was paid for and the school paid me money because there was money left. Sometimes it, that works with other scholarships and grants, too. Not just the Pell Grant, but that was my example. So I used it for gas money and to save some for next semester. And how amazing was that? So I guess the the lesson learned here is it's okay. There are sometimes reasons to take a little longer, you know, and to not be a lot of, earning a lot of money outside of doing school is okay sometimes because there's more of a chance to get some scholarships, right? And... It's just, I think it's worth it to graduate debt-free. Some people are spending 30 years paying out their student debt. You finish and are start able, starting to buy a house soon and invest soon after college. Like, how ahead you are. Even if you didn't graduate till you were 30, but you were set up for life after that. I mean, I'm not telling you to wait till you're 30, but just how ahead you are. You, you're not behind. There are ways that your university can pay you to go to college in various situations. And it does show how the FAFSA is very important because of um, applying if you get any grants and federal aid. I'm not talking about federal loans, but federal aid. And of course that brings me to another segue. You know, I'm getting good at segues that I would love for you to be on the first list of people who buy the Debt Free College Blueprint. Because, like I said at the beginning, one of the modules, the second module, is on FAFSA. And we go through all sorts of details with that. And I got, well, not all the money, but it seemed like loads of money um, throughout my college years in different reasons because of that. Because of the FAFSA. Including work study and some other things. So... It, that's just great to know and why not have me in your corner or in your pocket to walk you through it. If you want to learn about this course and keep in mind it's going to be a crazy discount for the first month that I launch. Not month, the first week that I launch. Um, So you want to be in the know like right away. So you can hear about it, yes on my podcast, but possibly even faster in our Facebook group. So go ahead and, and join the Christian College Girl community dash scholarships and graduate debt-free. And I will say it again, the Christian College Girl Community dash, dash scholarships and graduate debt-free so that you can get in early to learn about how to go through the FAFSA and all the stuff. And when you go in there, once you join, I want you to post something like, I'm here for the money or, or something, because you're excited to learn about how to find the money and have mental peace along the way